Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodcher. Terrific. On this episode, we are going to cover five very strange and bizarre mammals. I chose mammals because if you think about it, all animal all animals are bizarre in their own way. Yeah, especially my kids. <laughs> Uh, but as, and then you, especially when you think of it, like you, you got reptiles, you yeah. got birds, you get, and there's fish and, and they're all like super, super weird I, in, in a lot of ways. So I chose yeah. mammals. I mean, there's still a lot of weird mammals we're going to like, we're going to cover. Uh, they're not like they're less weird, but they're different weird. Yeah. But I, I felt like it would be better to choose like a class of animal. And, uh, the mammals I chose are very strange and all in their own way. And we are going to cover the maned wolf. Uh, naked mole rats, so Ooh. weird. Uh, vampire deer, and the slow loris. Okay. And then you also have one for us, right, Dave? Yeah. I, I don't a, even. I've got a surprise. Yes, I don't even know what weird, it is. Weird mammal. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm really excited to share all this uh, cool information about these weird animals. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, our 15th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. Always some of our favorite episodes yeah. to do. Uh, we had a couple bear attacks, a croc attack, chimpanzee attack. That one was wild. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and of course, the man who got swallowed by a whale. Isn't that crazy? And spat out, yeah. You know what's funny is every time we do those episodes, I then all of a sudden find... New ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just a little too late, you know? Well, it'll have to be for next one. Like yeah. just here in um, Salt Lake City, there was that gator attack. Yeah. Isn't that weird? So we'll have to cover that we'll one. Cover that, a, yeah. a wild gator attack in Salt Lake. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, definitely not wild. But yeah, we'll have to cover that next time. But as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Good evening, gentlemen. I was speaking with some of my cheetah colleagues, and we actually came to the conclusion that you humans are the most bizarre mammals, with your two legs and your your females have boobs. So weird. Well, I guess, see, according yeah. to cheetah, I think every animal is bizarre in their <laughs> own way, if you really think That's about true. it. That's true. But thank you for bringing that to our attention there, Cheetor. Yeah. Uh, and also, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to us. Our downloads have been really well lately, and it's really awesome. And if you want to... Uh, and if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a review, give us five stars, to just say something you like about the show. We actually have our most shout-outs we've ever had on this wow. this episode. We'll cover that at the end, but for everybody who does give us a review. But yeah, the reviews really help our podcast gain more attention, gain more listeners. Uh, they mean more than you think, so please go ahead and do that for us. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what do you say we get started? Let's, Let's do get it. right into it. Our first bizarre uh, mammal. This is one I've really wanted to cover for quite a while. This animal is called the maned wolf. Sounds intimidating, right? Yeah. Eh, not as much as you think. Oh, really? <laughs> it is mostly bizarre due to its looks. So it is a canine species that looks like, honestly, it, the best way to describe it, it looks like a fox on stilts. Really? Yes. Yeah, it looks like a fox on stilts that's also wearing hooker boots on all four <laughs> legs. But it it looks it really looks like it's on stilts. Their their legs look way taller than they should. And Dave, yeah. uh, we're we're looking at I'm showing Dave pictures of them right now. What am I right? Yeah. It looks like um the werewolf on Harry Potter. If you guys have seen Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh what the you when Professor Lupin transforms. Just those long spindly legs. 
It's, it Can't say, I, I'm not a big like Harry that. Potter guy, but... Oh, you didn't see it? Man, oh, it was never well, a Harry Potter guy. Our Harry Potter... Yeah, people that have seen Harry Potter, they'll maybe, know. Maybe they'll, they'll know, because yeah. it looks like on the movie. But, yeah, it's weird looking. Um, like, it looks... It's stilts and, like, it look, they look like hooker boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at first picturing, you know, something if uh, Balto and Nala had, you know, gotten it on, you know? <laughs> Lion King meets uh, Balto, but it didn't... It's not... You know, I don't... It's I don't know, Yeah. <laughs> There's no, uh, they, there's no, ma- there's no mane. Well, they, they're, they're, they, they do have this like black mane. You can, you can see oh, it. Oh, okay. Some, so. Well, no, I'm thinking like a lion's no, mane. No, no, definitely not yeah. like a lion's mane. But they definitely look way more fox-like than wolf-like. Would you agree? Especially with oh, yeah, the ears. Oh, yeah, very foxy with those boots, yeah. Very foxy boots. <laughs> very foxy hooker boots. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, and they're the same color, more similar color to a fox, like a red fox. But, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, if if you can't you think it's like a newborn about to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't look at a pic of it right now, uh, then um, that's okay. I'll, I'm going to describe it. But yeah, def- everybody should definitely check out some pictures of this weird animal. It is a little creepy looking if you think about it. <laughs> it looks like yeah, a tall fox, but it's called a wolf. Uh, it's actually neither. It's really, not a fox, not a wolf. Oh, it is the only species in its genus. Oh. So it's like a standalone animal. Nice. They good on you, mate. Yeah, standalone. You don't get that very often. No. Uh, they live in South America too. Oh wow! Not where you would think that they live, no. mainly in Brazil, huh. and inhabit uh, mostly grassland areas. Okay. And their weight is around forty to seventy pounds. That's a medium-sized dog. Okay. Uh, my our black my black dog Roxy is like 60, 65 pounds. Yeah. Black lab. Um, on average, they are around three feet tall at the shoulder. I mean, they got a big head, so we're four feet tall with the head. Okay. And that is all leg. It is all leg. <laughs> Do those legs go all the way up? <laughs> and they are actually the tallest of all wild canine species. Oh, okay. The tallest. And there are a few dog breeds taller, but in the wild, they are the tallest. Oh. And they really look like a red fox with tall legs. They have their reddish orange and brown fur all over their bodies, white tails and black furred legs uh, that resemble. Like I said, they resemble hooker boots. I got nothing else besides that. <laughs> or they just jumped in some tar. I don't. But <laughs> I'm gonna go with hooker boots. Yeah. And they uh, they get their name maned wolf from the thick black fur around their neck that looks like a mane. And okay. like you said, Dave, there's. You can see it on this one right here. Yeah, on this on, one. More on the on the back. But the it, neck. Oh, look at this picture. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that one. They just weird. look weird. It's like part jackal. I don't know. Yeah, very. But that's that's why they're on this list. They're super bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're that's why they're called the maned wolf. Uh, so unlike most canines, the maned wolves are omnivores. Oh, make it even weirder. Right? Yeah. Uh, around 50% of their diet is uh, vegetation. So they're, they're known to eat sugar cane, berries, fruits. And they also eat, the, they're really well known to eat this um, uh, this fruit called a uh, wolf apple. Wolf apple, okay. Yeah, they're really green. They're not, they're not a traditional looking apple. They're kind of weird looking. Huh. But uh, that that might also contribute to their name a little bit. I don't know. Somebody saw me. Hey, that's eat. a wolf apple. <laughs> That's got some fur on its neck. Maned wolf. Got it. They, I feel like that's how they name animals yeah. sometimes. They eat it for their maned course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. All right. 
but they also do eat meat, primarily small mammals like mice, uh, rats, rabbits, and, and then birds, and even fish. Hmm. So the first question you'd ask yourself after seeing this weird animal is probably, what's with the legs? Like, why did evolution and Mother Nature do this? Like, yeah. why? Well, there actually is a reason. Uh, their lanky legs are speci- uh, specifically adapted to aid in hunting in grasslands. Huh. Their long legs make them able to stand above the grass <laughs> in order to spot their prey. Nice. So it makes sense. Yeah. Now, they ha- they also have very uh, large ears as well, you can see. Uh, and they will stand very still and very tall to listen for prey. Sometimes listening for prey underground, even. Interesting. They will then stomp their legs to drive out the prey from hiding if it's underground, then leap very far to catch the prey. Wow. So they got some distance in that jump, I think, too. Right on. It's it's amazing how, it really is amazing how sp- specific some animals' adaptations are yeah. for certain areas. I mean, how, th- how do you think, oh, grass will grow this high every year, so let's evolve and grow higher. Isn't that weird? E- evolution is that? wild. Yeah. It really is. So they have some other bizarre things about them. Unlike most canines who live in packs, the maned wolf is very solitary. Oh, okay. And uh, they, they're lone wolves, you could say. But they, they really only get together for mating. Uh, other than that, they don't really see each other much at all. Hmm. And the only, uh, they only make a few sounds. They make this cackle-like sound, similar to a hyena, but they're most famous for something called a roar bark. Huh. It's not quite a bark, but not quite a roar. It's it's a, like a, a real guttural bark. Interesting. So it's very it's very strange to to hear, but it, yeah, it's a guttural bark. So normally a roar comes from down there in yeah. the gut and a bark is from the mouth. So this is a roar bark. Huh. Pretty interesting. That is interesting. That's another just another thing to add to the bizarreness of it. Yeah. Them. But probably my favorite thing I learned about the maned wolf is they pack a very powerful odor. Oh, yeah? Uh, it, and it's in their pee. Then uh, they use their pee to mark their territory. And it supposedly smells similar to a skunk. One nickname they have is skunk dog. Huh. But I guess at zoos, you can always smell them before you see them. When you go to a zoo, oh, you're like, okay. oh, I know where we're coming at now. And have you ever smelled a skunk before and think, hey, that kind of smells like marijuana? Oh, I just thought the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Same, smelled same. marijuana and thought, that smells like a skunk. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently the maned wolf uh, smells even more like marijuana than it does a skunk. Interesting. The pee smells just like mar- marijuana. Wow. So much so that in 2006 at the Rotterdam Zoo in the Netherlands, that police were called to track down someone smoking pot at the zoo. Oh, that's funny. Uh, only to find it was maned wolf pee. <laughs> why Why have the, uh, the marijuana uh, uh, distributors or people not not gotten one of these as their pets? To oh, mask oh it, I'm going to bring know? that up. Oh, are you? Oh. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I don't know if anybody has, but yes. I'm thinking, this is gold, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought about this story, and it's funny because it's in the Netherlands. I thought weed was legal there. It's not. Well, it's, I've been I've been to Amsterdam, and you can buy it at like a coffee shop. Uh huh. But um, 
Maybe I did. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think uh, you have to be in a certain place, like in the premise of the coffee shop to smoke. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. But yeah, it just I just found it funny that it was Netherlands. Oh. Uh, and then, yeah, like, like you just said, I literally, I literally started thinking this too. Well, what if you are a pothead? Maybe you would be a good idea to have a maimed wolf as a pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbor calls the cops. Uh, Sorry, officer. My maimed wolf certain, uh, just constantly pees that marijuana smell. It's not me. <laughs> the cops leave and you can just go smoke a bowl. A very beneficial animal to have for potheads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But no, they make terrible pets. Do not do one. Do not get one. <laughs> yeah, wait till guttural, guttural uh, yes. roars at you. Uh, a few, uh, few more things here. Maned wolves are not dangerous to people. They are very shy and timid animals. Okay. And ranchers in South America don't care for them, though, as they could potentially kill livestock, but mostly chickens. Oh, okay. They, they have been known to be chicken thieves. Uh, ranchers will shoot them. Mm. And also, they have been preyed upon by larger predators like the jaguar. Mm, I can see that. And jaguar, yeah. my favorite animal, and it's also it's the king of the Amazon. Yeah. I mean, they kill the caiman, and they, they, they'll take out anything. But um, uh, let's go to our conservation scale. Remember, it's a one through seven. One being extinct, seven being of least concern. They are at a six, uh, meaning near threatened. Okay. However, it's believed their population may be on the decline, mostly due to habitat loss. Yeah. I think it's happening with every animal now. A lot of them. The ones that are so specifically adapted to the certain environments, they're, they'll be the ones to kind of go first. Um, then you have animals like a raccoon who just adapt to everything, and they can do good in cities. And that's true. Same yeah. with bears. A lot of bears, they're good at adapting. So sometimes limit these uh, specific adaptations don't work. That They don't work out after yeah. so, so much time. And now that we're really speeding things up and habitat loss, stuff like that. So uh, yeah. something to think about. Yeah, I just really, I just literally thought of that. But uh, I really enjoyed researching the main wolf, and I think it's a really interesting and cool animal. Uh, but due to its weird long legs, diet, roar, bark, and marijuana pee, it is <laughs> a great fit for the uh, one of the force of nature bizarre mammals. Yeah. If I had a file of the main wolf, I would stamp it bizarre. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, cool animal. Yeah, it's weird. Let's move on to our next one, Dave. Okay. I'll bring up a picture. Ah, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> the ugliest things ever. Isn't that oh. weird? All right. Let's. Our, our next animal. It's like a silkworm with legs. <laughs> I think it looks like a potato with legs. <laughs> there you go, yeah. But uh, our next animal is. Abs I was honestly absolutely amazed by them way more complex than i would have ever imagined imagined fascinating ugly animals huh S like super interesting I, i'm excited to get into this one because I, I didn't know anything about them going into this and i'm it's amazing so i'm talking about the naked mole rat i imagine how'd they get their name <laughs> it makes sense what yeah. do you want it's either that or ball sack rat ball sack <laughs> <laughs> I imagine many listeners have heard of them and know what they are, but they are, like I said, way more interesting than I ever thought. I, I so let's get into it. And yeah, we're Dave and I are looking at pictures of them right now. They're just, <laughs> just 
You can't help but laugh. That almost almost looks like a portrait of one, like a like it was someone's pet, like a Sharpe, right, on, right there. Nope, to the right, right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like posing. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I can't weird. take my eyes off the pictures right now. <laughs> and yeah, it's um, uh, it's hard to. It's hard to get the words to describe how they look. I mean, like we said, they look look like a potato with limbs or a, a scrotum, but yeah, <laughs> they're they're very bizarre. So uh, everybody should go and definitely look at pictures of this. And they are actually they're not a mole and they're not a rat either. <laughs> but they they I can see why they would name them that. Yeah, that, it makes sense. This, it's like a hybrid of them. Yeah, know? and they they are rodents, but. Just like with the maned wolf, they are the only member of their genus. Oh, okay. I like it when that happens. It makes things way less complicated. <laughs> uh, but the av- the average around three to four inches long and only weigh uh, not even two ounces. Wow. So they're very light. Not very big. And they're like a pink gray color. And if you shined a, a bright light through them, you could see their insides. Oh, weird. So they're translucent. Wow, they should use them for science class. You won't even have to dissect them. Just, mm, they don't. You'd have to keep them underground. Oh, okay. Uh, this is because yeah, they live completely underground in complex burrowing systems. So yeah, they live completely underground. Hmm. Uh, so this is interesting. The tunnels are about one and a half inches in, di- in diameter. Some tunnels can run just under the surface of the ground, while some are over six feet underground. Wow. That's two meters, but uh, the tunnel systems are very sophisticated. A colony can have a tunnel system over two miles long underground. Gee. Tunnels connect to nesting chambers uh, and toilet areas. They have like an area for toilets. Nice. Organized. Or not, not they don't have toilets, but yeah, that's where they do their business. Uh, and tunnels dedicated to finding food. It, it's quite amazing. I'm sure the the barbershop uh, tunnel is usually empty. <laughs> That's a, there are no barbers in the, in the naked mole rat communities. But uh, you can find naked mole rats in East Africa, mostly in the drier grasslands of Ethiopia, Kenya, and Somalia. Uh, a colony consists consists of around seventy five individuals living in these complex burrows, but there can be more colonies. Over two hundred have been observed. Wow. So there's a lot more to come. Uh, I think I'll talk about their most bizarre attributes in a... In, I'm going to talk about it in like a bullet point form. Makes okay, sense. yeah. So their social structure is very weird, especially for a mammal. They are what you call eusocial. E-U-S-O-C-I-A-L. Uh, compare their social structure to that of ants. Oh, termites, bees, and wasps. Interesting. Uh, it, it's it's like a hive. Oh, weird, huh? Yeah. Uh, there is a queen. They huh. have a queen, and the queen chooses one to three males to reproduce with, while all other um, function, all of the others function as some kind of a worker. Okay. And the workers, like the other females, and not the queen, they slowly become. Not fully sterile, but sterile for a time. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Uh, the queen is the boss. She is the boss of the colony. If another female acts too much like a queen, the real queen will get real violent and maybe even kill it for being such a diva. Wow. Now, if the queen dies, other females 
have like a battle royale to become <laughs> the new queen. Nice. And then the the female that wins, her hormones kick back in, and she is now fertile. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they'll they'll fight to the death if they have to to become wow. queen. In the wild, they give birth about once a year to around eleven pups. In captivity, it's like nonstop. The queen is just always busting them out. Oh wow! Always pregnant. But the the queen nurses the pups for the first month. After which, the other members of the colony take care of them and feed them. They feed them feces. Oh, weird. They do that because it's like a guttural acid thing. Huh. Something like that. But it, it helps their digestive system. Okay. But yes, they do. They are poo eaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, they do that until they are big enough when to eat solid food. Hmm. So just like with ants and bees, there are workers. So smaller workers focus on acquiring food and maintain the tunnels, while larger ones focus on protecting the colony from predators. And other um, and non-colony mole rats that okay. might um, come in. Uh, when the queen chooses her lucky bachelors, <laughs> she gives them a rose and tells the others to get lost. No, nice. Uh, she prefers to choose unfamiliar moles, so she the ones that she's not related to, basically. Okay, because you, you can imagine there's a, you would think there'd be a lot of incest. So yeah. the new queen would choose males that she's not related to. And now it could be um, a, there. You can have like mole rats come in from an, another colony and, you know, they earn their way to be to be in the, this new colony. That oh, happens, okay. too. So you know, that happens in, like for humans, too. You know, yeah, but, um, I, I told you their their structure, their social structures are amazing. And they are rodents, so they do have incisors. They do have the large teeth. But theirs are a little different, though. They're placed in front of their mouths as opposed to in their mouths. Ah. Like, you can see how that... This picture right I here? See. I see the teeth. Yeah, see how they're they're this in front of closer. the mouth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're in front of the mouth. And there's a reason for this, and that's to help them with digging. Okay. They use that to dig, and they're out of the mouth, so they can close their mouth while digging, and so they're not getting scraping dirt in their mouth the okay. whole time. So, and their incisors, they act like uh, independent chopsticks. Interesting. Yeah, when they're digging, so it's pretty cool. Uh, naked mole rats have the longest lifespan of any rodent. In the wild, around 13 years. Wow. In captivity, some have lived up to 30 years. Wow, and that is, and that is impressive, uh, especially for any rodent, especially like this, like rats and mice. They can make three years tops. Yeah, so it's very impressive that they can live that long. Gee, maybe the secret's eating your own poo. <laughs> Do not try that, children. Don't recommend it. Uh, they also um, don't uh, regulate their body temperature like other mammals. More like reptiles. They're like cold blooded. Oh. If they get cold, they cuddle up with each other or bask in a shallow tunnel uh-huh. closer to the sun. And when they're hot, they go deeper down into the tunnels. But yeah, they're basically like, like reptiles, cold-blooded. Wow. Just add that to the list. Gee. And some of um, and since they live underground, they survive even with severe oxygen depletion. So they don't need much oxygen to survive wow. either. Also, these guys are resistant 
to cancer. Wow. <laughs> How is that possible? I, the reason is still debated, and we don't uh, know exactly why. Huh. Scientists are still looking into it. That's a pretty good adaptation, though. Yeah. Again, it must be the poop. <laughs> it's kind of every conclusion. <laughs> it's the poop. Uh, they have really poor vision, though, as you can imagine, living in the dark. Yeah. But they have. They do have um, little hairs on their bodies as sensory tools to. Help, I don't see them <laughs> to help navigate as well as with their teeth. Okay. They're real. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see it on this picture. Yeah. They got a little. They're really spread like out. A whisker here and there. Yeah. yeah. I told you they um, they have their own like bathroom area, right? Uh-huh. And not only do they feed the children poop, they also roll around in it. And one reason why they do that, and this is for the adults too, one reason why they do that is to give them a, a specific scent. Then if they come across other naked mole rats from a different colony, they can smell them in order to tell, because they can't see, oh, so they're smelling them. okay. So you got to roll around in the poo. Oh, wow. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, On the conservation scale, they are a seven of least concern. Oh, okay. Uh, It's it's super wild. I think I've covered everything I wanted to now. But, uh, you know, if you gave me a file of naked mole rat, I would stamp them as bizarre. I actually double stamp, (laughs) double bizarre stamp on them. A truly strange and bizarre mammal. Or animal, just in anything. But, like, for a mammal, they're super weird. Cold-blooded, basically. No hair, no fur. No fur. Yeah, that's weird. poo. Well, that's not super uncommon. (laughs) Lots of animals do that. (laughs) But they're so... And they're so weird-looking... But they're really their their society. It was the most interesting thing to me. Their social structure. Yeah, it's like a hive. That is weird. I yeah, super cool. I really I really enjoyed researching them. So yeah. hope everybody learned a few things. Go check out. I highly recommend you. There's lots of videos on naked mole rats, and they're actually really smart too. But yeah, go check out some naked mole rat videos. Yeah, and. Yeah, it, don't and, and don't let your parents see your your uh, um, his, your search, search history. history. <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't see my 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 history. All this weird. I'm hyena penises. Oh, <laughs> duck penises. They're a corkscrew. What? <laughs> it's got a weird history. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to the next one on our list, Dave. Okay. Next on our list is a mammal with a bizarre-looking adaptation. If you saw the skull of this animal, you might mistake it for, like, a saber-toothed cat. But it's not a saber-tooth. It's, in fact, not even a predator. It is a deer. That is so weird. It is weird. Uh, Their real name is the Chinese water deer, but their nickname, what they're known as, is uh, Deeracula. Deeracula, like that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can do it too, Dave. No, they are. Well, they are vampire deer, is what their nickname. That's what everybody calls them. The, it, yeah, it looks like it's dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> now these water deer are very small, only about two feet tall. Oh wow! And only weigh around twenty-five to forty-five pounds. And they live in northeast China. And there is there's another subspecies called the Korean water deer that lives in. Um, South Korea, probably North Korea, but they're not really keen on telling us. <laughs> but um, these are called water deer for their fondness of swimming and being around water. Interesting. Well, I, well, that's not that interesting. All animals like being around water. 
Well, deer, it's not like they'd love swimming in it. But, yeah, not the most original name is what I'm going for. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) They look pretty much like... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's... Oh, it's like uh, looking at something with these huge long legs and saying, "Well, let's name it short." Uh, <laughs> kind of, and they look they look pretty much like a uh, like a very small deer. But then when you uh, get to those vampire like fangs, the the fangs make them look kind of derpy, like kind of derpy. They, they, they have a derpy look to them. I don't know. It looks kind of freaky to me. It's like. What the heck, you know? And, and to think that it's only, what, two feet instead yeah. of something more, a larger size? I'm thinking, okay, that's even a little scary, you know? <laughs> you know? I want you, I'd rather it be big. What if there were hundreds of those walking around, you know? <laughs> so the fangs are much larger in males, and you barely notice them in females. Okay. On males, they can get up to three inches long. That ain't wow. bad. It's a good size for a small animal. And these canines are technically tusks. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what they're for in a minute. Okay. But these water deer are not the only fanged deer out there. It's a little confusing, but true... Okay, I gotta explain deer real quick. But true deer are under the family cervidae, or uh, cervids. Uh, These water deer are cervids, so true deer. Then there is a whole other family called musk deer that aren't true deer but also have the fangs. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. It's, it is it is confusing. I had to, like, I, I got super confused while doing ah. the research. But our water deer with fangs, the ones we're looking at right now, are true deer. Huh. It, it is confusing. Um, oh, then there is something called the mouse deer, which is the smallest hooved mammal, and they also have fangs. Here, look. There's, oh, really? We're looking at one right here. How big is it? It looks like the it's, thing from uh, Ice Age. It does. It looks just like <laughs> that weird squirrel. Yeah. It looks just like it. How how big? It's not, not big. But look, look how That's cute it crazy. is. That's huh? crazy, yeah. Until you see the fangs. <laughs> yeah. They're the smallest hoof, hooved and mammal. And they've got it eating something. What is that? looks like blood. Is it just licking its tongue or something? Yeah, it's just licking. But oh. yeah, that super long tongue. But yeah, super weird and cool looking. Yeah. Though. That's a, a mouse deer. So everybody should go check them out too. Yeah. Isn't this so weird for them to have fangs? Well, it's not. And I'm going to get into it. Huh. So, but uh, there's way more fanged deer than you would have guessed out there. Hmm. And I, I it's believed that these fanged deer are, I'm going to tell you, they're... um. Older and more primitive than typical deer with antlers. Like fangs came first. And honestly, if you think about it, which is stranger, fangs or antlers? We, we, if you think about it, we associate deer with antlers. Yeah. But antlers are pretty weird too. That is weird. But yeah. But to think, when you think of deers as as herbivores with fangs, fangs, that makes what? That doesn't make... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we're just used to seeing deer with the antler. And uh, deer antlers are like the fastest growing body part for any mammal. Oh, are they? Yeah, they shed them. Well, they shed them every year. They fall off every year. And then they grow back just in, you know, a few months. Uh, Antlers, maybe they are more strange. I don't know. It's up to debate. Decide for yourself. But all the fanged deer are much smaller than the antlered deer. Okay. So maybe something to that. Hmm. 
But fang deer, so they use their fangs for the exact same reason as antlered deer. The main reason is for fighting. Ah. It's for fighting, for the, the right to get the lady deer. Or, you know, or they could be fighting for territory. Uh, because they are, they actually are solitary. Okay. I mean, it's not, that's not typical for antlered deer. You know, they live in groups. But sometimes females can be in small groups. So maybe it is about the same. It's typical for vampires, too. <laughs> yes. just solitary. Typically solitary. You know, he'll get a few brides. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is actually the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their fangs don't attribute to their eating at all. They don't mean anything oh, for their eating. Okay. Just for fighting. And when fighting, they try to scrape and stab to, uh, to wound the other, uh, like on the head, the shoulders, and the back. So they're using them to dig in to, wow. the, uh, to their um, rival. And it's normal for a male to have numerous long scars and torn ears after fighting. Oh, wow. Uh, it would be quite interesting to see them fight. I didn't find any videos, but it definitely would be interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, back in the 1870s, the Chinese water deer uh, were first introduced to the, the UK. Huh. Their uh, quirky fangs kind of gave them an exotic appeal, so they were became popular in some zoos. And around 1929, a number of them escaped a zoo, and now, and they now live uh, on the English countryside, and kind of in the wild. There's oh, about six to eight hundred of them. Interesting. Well, as, and if the English countryside wasn't creepy enough, <laughs> you got now vampire. You, now you got vampire deer in there. Mother, my va- the vampire deer <laughs> eating my garden. Didn't you plant garlic? <laughs> Mama, if a vampire deer. He goes up to a pond of water. Will it see its reflection? <laughs> Does it have a Romanian accent? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but around 10%. Uh, well, okay, so they're they're not like a, a pro- super problematic invasive species there. Okay. So it's not a big deal. There's really not that many animals in the English countryside, like big animals. Yeah. So, But there are any. Are there any? I can't think of any. Well, they, they do have deer. Yeah, I guess uh, so. But that's it. Yeah. That's got to be it. Yeah. Do they have predators? Do they have bear there? They have foxes. No bears. No? Oh. Yeah, there's not Maybe much. Maybe feral cats and dogs. Huh. That's about it. But around 10% of the Chinese water deer population lives in the UK. Wow. So uh, on a conservation scale, they are a five being vulnerable. So Okay. However, the um, Korean subspecies seems to be much better, doing much better than the Chinese one. Oh, okay. But yeah, vampire deer. Everyone should go and at least look at a picture of them so you know what we're talking about. But the fangs make them very bizarre. Uh, Put that file in front, they get the stamp. Yeah, that's so weird. I know what I want to be for Halloween. (laughs) I'm a vampire deer. Vampire deer. deer. Be, what are you? Be, I'm a vampire deer. People wouldn't a get vampire it. deer. People wouldn't no, get it. No, deer. Wouldn't they? I'm a vampire. <laughs> deer. I'm a vampire. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Dave, I know you have one for yeah. us. Why don't you hit us with it? Okay. As soon as you tell me the name, I'm gonna. Uh, okay. Look it up. This it is and... this is the long beak echidna, E C H I D N A. Okay. All right. Whoa, you weird. see that thing? I've seen them before, but yeah. Looks like a porcupine mole anteater. Yeah, it's so weird. 
right. Yeah, it's the long beak echidna. Oh, oh it's s- like a hedgehog, kind of. Yeah, it's like a mix of a bunch of things. Yeah, it's like a hedgehog, anteater, porcupine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, continue. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it's also it's also named uh, Sir David Attenborough oh. echidna. <laughs> It's named that? The, yeah, that's a, that's another name for it, yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah. I like it, David Attenborough. The Sir David Echidna lives in New Guinea. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, they're from, they live in purely New Guinea. Um, they're about 20 to 40 pounds uh, on average. Uh, th- these, 20 to 40? Yeah, there are, there's actually three uh, species of echidna. Mm-hmm. This is one. The long-nosed echidna is one. Okay. Um, it's also, I think it's the, the rarest as well. But it's, um, it, 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 as you can tell, yeah, like you, when you said hedgehog, it's got spines on it. They're not, they're not toxic or anything. Um, and I've, there's pictures of people just picking them up and holding them. Okay. So it sounds so like it's not like those, a porcupine. Yeah, that it's not it's not so much a quill, but yeah, it'll poke. But okay. um, that's what it uses for defense. If it mm. if it feels threatened, just curls up into a ball and just okay. becomes those things poking like an, out, like armadillo like. Yeah, but yeah, there's pictures of guys. They'll just pick them. You know, they'll pick them up when they don't, and and they don't. That's the good and bad thing about them, uh, because they're. Well, I'll just start with their conservation level. Is that they're they're critically endangered. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and they don't, and one reason for that is that they don't have a fear of any predator because they're on New Guinea mm-hmm. and there's not, they don't have a, a, a real serious predator there. And so, and they, you know, humans will see them mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, whatever. And they just go about their business. They don't think, I see. they don't th- see humans as a threat, but there are indigenous people there that hunt them oh, okay. for food. So then that's. That's the other reason they're they're critically endangered. But yeah, they're just uh, another name for them is a cyclops uh, <laughs> echidna. But it, you uh, you think, oh, what's that from? When I but no, it's because they're in the cyclops mountains of the New Guinea. Oh, area. okay. I didn't but yeah, know New, that. yeah, New Guinea has uh, the third largest, uh, I guess, rainforest in the uh, in the in the world. So behind. Uh, yeah, behind the Amazon area and it's the Congo. That whole yeah. island is, and it shares an island with Indonesia. Okay. So you can, I got the picture right yeah. here. This is Papua New Guinea. Yeah. And that's Indonesia. Yeah. So they, they live, they just live purely on that island. And, and so again, because it's an island, there's not much for them to yeah. worry about. But they, uh, they live there in the habitats there in the mountains. They, um, are, they, their long beak, it looks, you think it was like they they can't open it. It's just okay. It's just a hole at the end, just a big long beak with a hole. Is there a tongue that comes out? It's yeah, and it's got a tongue and it can suck things in. So it's too. like um, uh, ant eater style, uh-huh. termites yeah. and stuff like that. Well, it actually eats is more. It eats more things like earthworms. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, it'll eat it'll eat other things as well. But earthworms are what it likes. Mm. But it just goes around. Hunting, you know, digging for those. See if you can find one with its claws. It's got some oh, long, yeah. wicked claws. They, like, they look creepy. Yeah, I can see it on that back on their back leg. It's, they've got like two or three really big claws. That's very similar to ant eaters. They oh, have is it? Giant okay. claws. It's for digging. Yeah, they're, and they're skinnier than you would think. The claws were skinnier because you you'd think they would be like big, powerful claws. You know, like a mole, like mm-hmm. a mole has, but they're skinnier, okay. and so they look creepier. But yeah, it's. 
It's to dig things up because that's their, their source of food is yeah. in the earth. Yeah. And this one looks like a turtle. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> We're looking at pictures. And it does. This one, it, it's, oh, it looks like a turtle. Yeah. They don't move very fast. Okay. And so, you know, hence one other reason they can be endangered is once you're human son one, them. they find them. I got it, you know. <laughs> so they don't move fast at all. They're 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 kind of the you know, slow, lazy thing. But it's really interesting. Um, the part you made. There's your favorite part, Matt. You're the penis reproduction. Oh. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> That's yeah. your favorite part. What are you talking about? Uh, the, okay, so this is this is a weird part. Um, the way they excrete urine. Poop and have sex is in one orifice. Just, it's all from the just same one and orifice. Done, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's all there. And uh, they another the weird thing about or weird thing about them is that they are mammal. They are mammals, but they lay eggs. Oh, do they? Yep. Weird. Yeah, another one of those type. So they'll they'll lay eggs. Um, they'll hatch, and then they don't have. Uh, I guess the mam the mammary glands like uh like nipples? You, like nipples yeah they don't have nipples what they do is they'll their young will then go inside of a pouch that she has really and the milk comes is in the pouch so it comes it's out like inside a the marsupial kind of it's a, yeah is like, it a marsupial like a platypus it's it is a it is a mammal well, okay but a marsupial uh, that far I don't know okay no let's yeah. find out. Okay, we just looked and it didn't say anything. Just got a really short Wikipedia and didn't yeah. say anything about being a marsupial. But uh, yeah, they, I, they are closely related to the platypus, which is yeah. probably which is the most bizarre mammal out there. <laughs> so I mean, I yeah. didn't do that. We could do a whole episode on a platypus sometime. Yeah, and they uh, like a platypus. They do have a spur, but they don't have the venom like a platypus does. Yeah, that's what we were just kind of reading about. Yeah, we noticed that. Yeah, we read that there was uh, what the, the the venom spur repressed. Then, yeah. yeah, it's repressed. Yeah, um, the another thing uh, they don't know much about the long the long beaked uh, echidna. Mm -hmm. They're 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 nocturnal, and again, that forest it's the yeah. third largest forest, so they're so not hard easy to find, to find and they're not that many. Um, in fact, they I read something where the tribes in the area they hunted down sixteen. Uh, in in a year, and they and the scientists believe that was more than half Boy. that are actually out there in the in, in the wild, wow. and so that that's how critically endangered they really are. Um, I mean, they have some at some zoos, you know, but um, there's not much known about the long beak. They there, but the short beak they know a lot more about. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, they're, they're, they're more prevalent. There's more of them. Yeah, they're more yeah. prevalent. But yes, the, we're talking about the long nosed one. Super rare. Super weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and and back in yeah with the so the, when they have their young, they go in the pouch inside and they they drink the milk. They're, the milk is secreted in the pouch and they get it inside there, and they'll do that for till they're about three months old, I think it is, and then they live with the mom for a year. Yeah. And then after the year, they're on their own. You know. Cool. So it's kind. Of, yeah, it seems a long time, I would think, but yeah, it, it is a. That's I guess that's the mammal part of it. You know. Yeah. And I, we don't know if they're marsupials, but like the Papua New Guinea is real close to Australia. So if you take like evolution to account, yeah, that's where you know that could be a close place to where they are. So. Yeah, and it was believed they had uh, this uh, long-nosed species, well, an echidna species mm -hmm. in in Australia that went extinct. Actually, I think they did find they did find some more, but they're they're just rare. Okay. Um, they're also believed that the long-nosed echidna 
is uh, one of the earliest adaptations to a mammal. One of oh, or the cool. earliest, uh, I guess, the earliest type of species that would be considered a mammal is yeah. what uh, the echidna. One of the is first most mammals. Likely. Yeah. Something of that. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting creature. Very interesting. Uh, uh, cool. Everybody, go take a look at the long-beaked echidna. Yeah, definitely do that. Do uh, you hear, Dave? Here's the file. What do you want to stamp it as? Uh, bizarre. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, cool. Good job. Uh, we've got one more for us. Let me pull. It. Okay. Oh, look at that! It's thing. so cute. It's so cute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and if you, if you if you would see this thing, you'd think that it's so cute that you just want to pick it up and hold it. <laughs> yeah. But Dave, that would actually be a very bad idea. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. This animal is called the slow loris. Uh, we're looking we're looking at pictures right now. What do you think? Yeah, it looks like it wants to have a staring contest. <laughs> it does. It's got these <laughs> giant beady eyes, huh? <laughs> yeah. But uh, this little this little animal, Dave, way more dangerous than you'd think. Really. Makes you wonder why. It looks huh? like a cuddle bug. You know? It does look like a cuddle bug. All right. So now they these are primates, uh, kind of related to lemurs. Okay. It's the closest animal that you would recognize. Uh, they are arboreal, meaning that they live in trees like many primates. And their arms and legs are of equal length. Uh, and they have a long, flexible torso to help them maneuver in the trees. They have an extremely good grip with their hands and feet, so to help them in the trees as well, like most primates. And they have a funny they have a funny looking face, don't they? Yeah. Small nose, but these it's, giant it's beady eyes. eyes are on like a thousand milligrams of caffeine or something, you know? <laughs> this looks like yeah. yeah it I'm wide awake! What's going on, George? <laughs> that is what they look like. I'm keeping watch! <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they, they probably that's what makes them so cute is those eyes, I think. Yeah. Aww. You want to pet it. Yeah. But their faces look like, and they also look like they're timid and like full of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, high, like you like said, like super on caffeine or something. Yeah, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, you can find these guys in Southeast Asia, and there are actually like eight different recognized slow loris species. So we're just going to be talking about them in general. Okay. Uh, yeah, the rainforests of Southeast Asia. Uh, they're mostly nocturnal and sleep during the day, and mostly live alone. And they're kind of they they have similar some like sloth like characteristics as well. I can see that. Uh, like their energy level okay. is very sloth like, oh. and they just move around pretty quiet and slowly. Okay. Uh, very stealthy, and it's a uh, part of their defense mechanism is to be so quiet to. Um, to be really quiet in the trees and uh, to avoid predators. And in, in Indonesia, they are called Mula Mula or Shy One. Oh. That's what it means. Because they, when uh, they will freeze and cover their faces, like with their arms. Interesting. They'll freeze, cover their faces when they're alerted to something. You know, that makes sense. Because I wonder, I, this would just be my, my own theory, possibly. But, uh, um, if uh, people or not people, but predators may subconsciously be able to 
point out eyes if you think about it. Yes, because so they have these giant eyes and they're nocturnal. So you're exactly right. Yeah, I was. So I wonder moonlight if hits their eyes or something. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the light will hit so I think I, that was a very good point. Reflect. So yeah, that may be why they cover those giant eyes. Yeah, because yeah, if you ever think about it, if you're ever, if even if a human's hiding, if you, you can see their if eyes. you don't look, if you look away, think about that. And if they, if even if it's dark, but. I, I, for some reason, I think even a, a something circular or even uh, maybe your eyes are just a different color. The whiteness of them is something that uh, someone may be able to catch yeah. in, in, you know, oh, I get what you mean. inside yeah, of something, white, you know. Yeah. yeah. I get what you mean. So, yeah, that, that is a good point. Um, but that, they're very small, too, and very light. Uh, the largest ones are like only two and a half pounds. Oh, wow. And there's like a pygmy one, too. And they're oh, really? like they're like just like eight ounces. Oh gee. And they are omnivores, eating insects, eggs, fruits, nectar, eh, among other things. So Dave, you're probably wondering what makes these cute little primates dangerous, and why they're on our bizarre animal list. Nothing, yeah. nothing too big yet, right? Yeah, I mean the thing weighs less than a king size skittle bag. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they are the only toxic primate species. Oh. Let me explain. Now, technically, this is my own words. I, technically, they are both poisonous and venomous. Interesting. Okay. Remember, we define venom as a toxin that is injected, uh-huh. right? So, like uh, a bite or a sting. Uh-huh. Now, poison is secreted, like through the skin or something okay. like that, right? Slow lorises produce a secretion from their brachial gland on their forearm. Interesting. Now, this secreting poison isn't extremely toxic. It's The secretion is similar to the allergen in cat dander. Oh, really? Yeah. So, unless you're allergic, you're probably not going to do much. But if you like, say you're allergic to cats, these you don't want to have one of these okay. things around, too. But they are also venomous. Now, what they do is they're going to lick their glands, their, the poison glands, and when it mixes with their saliva, it creates an even more potent toxin. Oh, interesting. I don't know all the exact science behind that, all of it, but yes, the, the, po- the toxin from their forearm, the secretion, they lick it. Put it in their mouth, mixes the saliva. And now it's now it's actual venom. Oh, weird, weird, huh? Yeah. And what's we- even weirder is that it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously it sounds like it's a poison for mammals, and it's a mammal, but it, it's it's putting it in its mouth, and it's not doing anything to it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It doesn't affect it. Yeah. Uh, and this is so weird that this attribute was dismissed by Western scientists until the 1990s. Oh, Which really? It wasn't even long ago. But yeah, they didn't, it was just wasn't studied until then. Wow. Uh, to protect from predators, they will, and they'll do this, they will rub their toxin all over their bodies, mm. making it so when predators, you know, if say if they get close and they're going to come and sniff it, they're not going to like that at all. Okay. So um, they also do that to their, ba- their young. They'll lather them up in, because they get, when, when, once when they're born, they don't have the the ability for the toxin yet until uh-huh. they get older. So, Mama will rub her toxin all over them to help okay. protect them. Pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Huh? So now, what does the toxin do exactly? Especially especially when they when they make it venomous. I'll tell you. Okay. 
so yeah, if a predator gets too if a predator gets too close, a Solaris will bite them if it needs to as well. Uh, and their venom is not something you want. I have an example. Okay. In 2012, a wildlife biologist in Borneo saw a slow loris in a mango tree. You know, its big eyes just was too much for the man to handle, so he had to pet it. <laughs> um, it, it, it he went to go and uh, pet it, and it bit him on the finger. And it wasn't a very big bite. I mean, they don't produce a big bite. Uh, initially, it was just painful. But the effects soon kicked into full-blown anaphylactic reaction. Ooh. His mouth swelled. I saw pictures. His mouth swelled up. And his chest, is, he had these giant lips. It did wow. look like way too much Botox. It was, but um, also, his, his uh, chest and stomach were hurting, nauseous, short of breath, weak and agitated. None of the, wow. yeah, so it's. It can be, it's something, you're not something you want. And this can happen regardless of allergies or anything. Yes, yes. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it could be worse if you have some kind of allergy. I, I'm not a toxin expert, but. Gee. Uh, luckily, he, a clinic was nearby and they gave him, uh, I guess, a bunch of adrenaline to, oh, wow. to help his condition. Yeah, like, yeah that's, um, yeah, you need Epif- corticosteroid Epif- stuff. What's it called? Ephedrine? Well, no. I don't. I don't remember. Epinephrine. Epinephrine that's right. Yeah. Epinephrine. Good job. Um, there is actually. Well, there's only one known case of a slow loris that that actually killed somebody. Oh, really? So I I couldn't find any info on that story though. But uh, there is a couple sources said it's happened at least once. I mean, I'm sure it's happened more, especially in like uh, the rural regions of Southeast Asia. You know. Yeah. I bet it happens more. But, uh, yeah, don't pet a slow loris, everyone. And a slow loris, they actually became kind of famous and popular about 10 years ago uh, due to some YouTube videos uh, oh, yeah? that made them look super cute. Uh, there was a video of one, like, holding a little umbrella, like, when you get your drink. <laughs> and apparently it was just so cute, and then it got, like, millions of views. This is, like, in the kind of the early part of... Uh, YouTube, like okay, two thousand nine, eight, that's something like that. But um, and there's also one that was holding its arms up, and it had a person like tickling its armpits, oh. and everybody thought it was so cute. And every yeah, they they thought they were adorable, and not, <laughs> not... it's probably thinking yeah, get get that secretion, yeah, yeah get it, <laughs> get it, baby, get up in there, yeah. take it all. No, actually, it, it um, uh, scientists say that that was actually harmful. To the Human, loris. Right? Oh, to the loris? Oh. As well, to do stuff like that. Oh. But um, everyone who watched it that thought they were adorable, not knowing how dangerous they are, and this made them popular for pets, whether legal or, <laughs> or illegal. Most of it's illegal in the illegal pet trading. For some reason, and this was, I don't know why, but for some reason, one source said that they are very popular among Japanese women. Ah. <laughs> I don't know the correlation to that, yeah. but I just thought that was interesting. I didn't get it. Uh, in the pet trade, they it's not good. First of all, the I, the illegal pet trade isn't. I yeah. do not like it. And they what they do before they send off a slow loris is they're gonna take all their teeth out, which is really very inhumane. And yeah. actually, um, like it was like eighty percent of them die from. Why would they do that then? I don't know. 
But that, wow. like, so so many of them die during the process or right after that process. So only like twenty percent of them get sold. Oh gee! But they have to take the teeth out. Uh, I know they're super cute, but they they would not make a good pet. So do not yeah. get one. Um, and they also have a very hard time living in zoos. Like oh. it's just hard. They're just the way that they're um, adapted. They're just hard. It's hard for them to do some things. Oh, so yeah, maybe it's because they're so shy and solitary. Maybe that's. Too much yeah, very. Their, if they get stressed, yeah. they have a lot of problems. Is what it is. Yeah, so, and the right. zoo is for viewing, so they're yeah. just going to so, be stressed the whole time. I mean, time. they look like they're anxiety ridden, and I guess they <laughs> yeah. really are. <laughs> yeah, but yes, uh, don't get a slow loris. And the conservation scale, they uh, it depends on the species, but they are uh, endangered and vulnerable. Okay, so that's another reason not to get one, and why it's an illegal pet to trade. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, that is the, the toxic venomous primate. That's so weird. Yeah. The, the venom part is weird. But a uh, really cool animal. Super cute. Just don't touch it. Yeah. Or look at it. It's not going to look at you that way. <laughs> just, just don't ever look at one ever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. I hope everyone enjoyed learning about all these cool and bizarre mammals. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Uh, here's the file for Slow Loris. Bump. Stamp with bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, I, that was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed researching them, and it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, so I hope everyone else enjoyed it too. For next episode, uh, it could be a number of things. I haven't quite decided. My top three as of now are in a solo episode on giraffes, which I do know some stories of them killing people. We've covered them before, but that was those are so early. We could probably just recover them. Oh, okay. Because there's not a ton, but yeah, they're giraffes are. God, they're every, everything's bizarre, yeah. <laughs> but they're they're super cool, and there's a lot of interesting things that you won't know about them. Uh, also, I was thinking bottlenose dolphins. Yeah, that'd be that's good. one we need to do. But we had a listener recommend this or send this to us, and we actually covered it for just a few minutes once. I think you covered it, but uh, I know for a fact we could do a whole episode on it. And because, uh, but it's the Great Emu War. Okay. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I think we we can make a full episode out of that. We'll okay. talk about we'll learn all about emus and then we'll talk about the war because I I've done reading on it in the last couple months and it's super interesting. Right on. I okay. think that would be a fun one. Let's do it. So that one might be next. Yeah. You want to do that one next? Yeah. Is it confirmed? Let's do, do we it. Get the stamp? Yes. The Great Emu War is next. So thank you, Logan, who he, he he recommended that it was on my list, but now he said it, so I'm like I want to do it. Nice. So that's next. All right, it's gonna be fun. It's super. It's a super crazy story. It's it's literally a war against emus. <laughs> <laughs> the Australians are, are. It was a legit war, and they didn't they didn't do so good. <laughs> the people the emus did. Yeah, fine. isn't that crazy? So we'll learn all about them, all about that whole big story, and about the emus. It's gonna be fun. Dave, we have some shout outs to get to. Oh, sweet. A, a bunch actually. First, thank you, Larry Compton. Larry Compton. He came over from our friends at Tooth, Tooth and Claw. All right. And on. has already listened to every episode, I think. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. He's a binging us. That's great. Thank you. Um, yeah. Also, Michael Hunter. Michael Hunter. He's from Australia, so he'll probably like. Hey, nice. He'll uh, like the Emu War, and he also came over from Tooth and Claw. Oh, okay, so, right yeah, on. I told you it'd be good to make friends with them. Yeah. Like, we could have been enemies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, Chris- not with someone with a tooth and claw. No way. <laughs> also, Christine Schoback, and sorry, it's not right, but um, it's it's S J O B. Yeah, it's it's Schoback. Christine Schoback. How's yeah. that? Does that work? <laughs> Close enough. Uh, she told a little story about and how she was trying to find bears in Alaska. Oh friends. yeah. They eventually found them uh, when they were on a plane. They they were able to oh, fly over okay. in a float plane. So that's cool. Uh, also, we want to thank Dan Green. Dan Green. He's from the UK, and he really enjoys the Jim Corbett stories. Oh, yeah. So that's always good. Also, uh, Seek for Andy. Seek for Andy. <laughs> he, he had some very nice things to say, so thank you. Right on. Uh, also, Alex Banjo. Alex Banjo. Or banjo. Banjo? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think it is Banjo. Banjo. Alex Banjo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he said, we're their favorite podcast. Oh, sweet. And it, it, actually, they it, enjoy your puns. Oh, hey, right on. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Alex. We really appreciate it. That was it. a sweet melody he played. that banjo guy played for us. <laughs> Definitely. And he's from Australia, too, so he's going hey, right to enjoy the emus. Uh, also, last one, Chris P.A. Chris P.A. He said he's read Jim Corbett books before Ooh. and enjoyed our take on him. Nice. Uh, he also recommends, and he's not the only one who's recommended this, uh, to covering stories from Kenneth Anderson. Oh, yeah? I remember you, I've told you about him. I think he yeah, did, he, yeah. He was very similar. The North American version kind of thing. No, Is that the no, one we're he, talking no, about? He's, no, he's still in India. Oh, But he was okay. another British guy, I believe. Oh, okay. He was just after Jim Corbett. He was more like in the 50s. Okay. But he has a lot of good stories. The one I want to do with him mostly is the sloth bear from Mysore. Ooh. It was a killer sloth bear. I want to cover sloth bears and then do that story. So that's oh, another one good, on then. the list. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's, that's the most shout outs we've ever had. So awesome. I Thank know. you, everyone. My voice is a little hoarse now. <laughs> but Dave, if anyone else wants a shout out, what can they do for us? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like about the show. It really helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. If you really want to help bump up your own conservationist, you can help out a couple of uh, bizarre mammals that sit and talk <laughs> in a microphone. One of them has a weird laugh, like me, and donate some money to them. Very good. That's my favorite part of the show is when you do that. <laughs> Well, yes, and uh, if you want to be an even more wonderful listener, uh, you, what you can do is you can go to PayPal. You can donate to the show. Go on PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo, my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. All that information is on the description below. Um, I'm going to get us a Patreon. That's, that's yeah. I don't know why. I, I, need to, I just need to do that. So we'll have that soon. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Uh, or if you want to suggest an episode idea or, you know, ask a question or say hi. Please feel free. You can email us, message us on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Uh, also, we still have t-shirts. T-shirts are still Sweet. on sale, so get them now. They are $24 plus shipping. So it, it's around 28 bucks, but ish I don't know. Depends where you are. Okay. But yeah, that's an ish. But yes, we still got them, so go ahead and order them. You can do that. You can order them by sending us a message or email, and we'll talk a bit, and we'll get um, information, and then we will send it. Yeah. It's, it's super easy, actually. It's maybe not as easy as ordering online, you know, but it's super easy. And yeah. I'll reply back because I want the money. <laughs> but uh, also help us grow by recommending us to family and friends tell them we're on itunes spotify stitcher google we're on all the ones we need to be on 
Dave, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right, how about you there, Professor? You know what? I actually might be the most bizarre mammal. Having been here with you two jabronis for three years, my goodness. Well, uh, you're with <laughs> us, so I guess you're a little bit bizarre there, <laughs> Professor. We appreciate it, though. Sweet. <laughs> this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>